Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hi, Boomer and Geo, coming to you live to the Build Ford Tough Studio. Jason Kelsey, Eagles Center, officially retiring, told his teammates last night that it was over. I think a lot of people believe this was going to be his last season, almost was his last season last year, and then Howie Roseman convinced him to come back one more year. You saw last night how he was emotional going off the field. This guy's going to be a Hall of Famer for sure. He's one of the best centers of his generation, if not the best center of his generation. So that's uh, one Kelsey out of the league, and we'll see how long uh, his brother, who also will be a Hall of Famer, continues to play and both these guys with Super Bowl championships as well. Yeah, it's amazing. It's an amazing story about both of them. Cincinnati, I think both the University of Cincinnati players. Um, you see where they have uh, came from and where they where they went to and where uh, Travis is still headed. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine what his life must be like. Yeah, it's got to be crazy. And it's going to be even crazier now with this game in Buffalo with the Chiefs and the Bills. It will be the most talked about game uh, leading up to this divisional playoff weekend. And we talked before about the AFC and quarterback-driven league and the the quarterbacks that are left in the AFC. Yep. How about the quarterbacks that are left in the NFC? Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, and Brock Purdy. Three first-round picks and Mr. Irrelevant. I mean, isn't so that seven, incredible? Seven of the eight quarterbacks that are playing in the division round are all first-round draft picks. I think five of those seven were traded up to to go and get. Okay. And and Brock Purdy's the only one who was uh, drafted with the last pick in the draft. And uh, quite frankly, it just it just goes to show you, Brock Purdy's in a great situation with a great coach, great offense, great offensive players around him. It just goes, it, we always go back to it, quarterback-driven league, quarterback-driven league. And that's why <clears throat> what I was saying yesterday about the NFC North when you look at all the good young players on the rosters of the Packers, the Lions, the Vikings, and now the Bears, and the Bears are going to add Cal Williams. They're going to take him number one. That division is going to be what it used to be. I mean, it's going to be like one of the really tougher divisions. It's kind of like the AFC North. And right now, as we look at the playoffs with the last eight teams left, no NFC East team has made it this far. Yeah, and you're talking about two teams and the Eagles and the Cowboys that look like they would be there in the end and both out in embarrassing fashion. And yes, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, first-round picks and high first-round picks, and, and two of them uh, number one overall. But you know, all these guys had major adversity in their careers in different places. The Browns just 
getting rid of Baker Mayfield and going nuts with the Deshaun Watson contract. Uh, Jordan Love having to sit extra years behind Aaron Rodgers. And then when he gets an opportunity to play, people think that he's not going to be uh, as good as Favre and Rodgers was and had to shake that off and, and live in two shadows. Uh, Jared Goff, obviously. Sean McVay saying he's not good enough. Going out, getting Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford winning a Super Bowl that Jared Goff could not. So all these guys going through, you know, getting picked in the first round yep. high, two of which first overall. But it's not like they were first overall and and rode into the Hall of Fame like Peyton Manning did. Uh, these guys have had some some real, real adversity in the league and have come out on the other side. But at the end of the day, it, it just goes to show you, you got to keep trying. If there's a guy there that you believe can be your leader, you got to draft him. You can't just be sitting on your hands taking a kicker or you know or, or whatever. I mean, obviously an edge rusher or a wide receiver, but you got to have somebody that is going to be the leader, you know? And I think Aaron Rodgers was going to be that for the Jets. Tom Brady was that for the the Buccaneers and the Patriots. So, yeah, you can win with older quarterbacks for sure. But I, I just you just got to keep going back to the well. Even if you've, you haven't gotten it right, whether you're the Jets or the Giants, if that guy is sitting there, you got to take him. Yeah, and you just got a t- shots on goal when it comes to that position, that's, that's right? That's exactly right. Shots on goal. Because I very rarely, like, I, I, do you believe Tampa Bay is going to go to the Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield? I would say no. I mean, the chances of making it I is probably below 10%. Yeah, I mean, there's there absolutely no chance in hell it would be one of the most shocking stories in the uh, history of professional But guys can get injured. You know, sports. you never know. Like, this year, this year was a weird year. And by the way, even with an extra game, Anybody throw for 40 touchdowns? No. I mean, like, Brady and those guys are throwing for 50 touchdowns in 16 games. Yeah, I know. So you wonder, like, what, like, with the extra game, you would think there'd be bigger numbers, and they're supposed to be like, we're supposed to have a 2,000-yard receiver. We didn't get that. Well, Tyreek Hill was well on his way and ended up getting hurt. That's right. Ended up getting hurt. And Justin Jefferson was one of those other guys. He missed a ton of time as well. Are we reviewing another goal in this field hockey game again? Yes, it's like the third time. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot of reviews. I wonder if this happens every single game or this is just, like, unique to this particular Well, matchup. what happened here is that the review gave the uh, the New Zealand team a free shot here. And watch how the Americans come screaming out of the goal and the goalies there and everything. Watch this. This is an amazing this is, play. This is a set piece here set for play, yes. New Zealand. It's a big boom. moment here. And a big save. Kick save and a beauty by the U.S. Right. 3.45 to go. And then they move on and we get preempted again. Let's go to Joe in Wappingers Falls. What's going on, Joe? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How are you? What's up, Joe? So, I, I got to you know, this whole field hockey thing, my daughter played for the first time last year in middle school. It is the most frustrating sport to watch as a parent when you have no idea what's happening. <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely bananas. Mm. I'm a, I'm a you know, softball dad, soccer, whatever else. Field hockey is just beyond my comprehension with how this game works. Well, I, I mean, watching it at this level, watching it at this level is completely different. These these gals are oh. really going at it. I mean, this is intense. We, we, we got to go watch a college game with the girls after that, and, and my God, the difference is really it's amazing. But it is so different than any sport I've watched. Um, but I just want to talk quickly, guys, about Josh Allen. I mean, watching this guy play. Tell me if you can agree with this. I feel like if you took Brett Favre's craziness. I put it inside of John Elway's body. I mean, that's what you have with Josh Allen. I mean, the guy is just, he, he's the gunslinger type, but he's got this body that he can run. I mean, 
if this guy ever just, I mean, maybe it would be different. Maybe it wouldn't work as well if he thought too much about it. But my God, watching him play is exciting in so many different ways. You can want to kill yourself watching him. <laughs> at the same time, the thing he does is just like, Wow, it's unbelievable to watch this guy play. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. And being a Bills fan, you're on the edge of your seat because at any point he could take over the game, be the best player in the NFL, or throw the dumb interception that knocks them out of the playoffs. And at, at any play, it, it could happen. Now, I, I do think he's straightened himself out well, that during this winning game, streak. Though. Yeah, by that Miami game, it wasn't great. That was the Josh Allen yeah. interception game, right. run around game, make a couple play games. But yesterday was a flawless game. It was. And when he plays like that, and that's the way he played in weeks two, three, and four before they went to London. And then they went to London, and then they came back, and then he reverted. And that's when they ended up firing their offensive coordinator. You, know, you think about it. Yesterday, both the Steelers and the Bills fired their offensive coordinators in the middle of the season. That's right. And you had a changing of the defensive coordinator out there in Philadelphia. You had a lot of these things going on during the season, which was amazing. You- yeah. And, and with... This is the perfect situation for the Bills, though. They've got, you want to talk about a revenge situation from a few years ago with that horrible loss that they had with the 13 seconds? To get that team at home when they're playing hot like this, to finally be able to host the Kansas City Chiefs for a chance to go to the championship game, I mean, this is, they can't lose this game. They can't. They cannot lose this football game. The Chiefs have won a couple of Super Bowls. This is the Bills' time. A lot of tough injuries, man, on the Bills. A lot of tough injuries. Did you have Niners-Bills? Is your I, new I, revised? Yes, Niners-Bills. I hope that's the case. I mean, you know, listen, I just... I, like, I, want, I, guess I want good like games. That. What I want is good games. And we haven't necessarily had that. We had one good game, and that was uh, the Rams and the Lions. I mean, it got a little bit interesting yesterday with the Steelers, but no one really believed that they were going to win the game. And, yeah, it was it. One good game. Rams, Lions, the rest of them were, I mean, you just felt like blowouts the entire time. Let's go to Alex in Totowa, New Jersey. What's going on, Alex? Hey, Boomer. Hey, Joe. How are you guys doing? Good, Alex. What's up? I wanted to get your take on my point about uh, these roughing the passer and late hit calls. I mean, let's just ignore the fact for a second that all these penalty calls and these rule changes are for the safety of the players. And at least this year, Every game you watch, there was backup quarterbacks in because people were hurt. So, obviously, the rules aren't protecting the players or keeping the keeping them on the field. But if you're a, a wide receiver and you complain about pass interference, I get it. Stop you from making a play on the ball. You're a lineman. You complain about holding. Stop you from making a play. But these quarterbacks, they don't even hit the ground, and they're looking for a flag. That call on Josh, Josh Allen yesterday, regardless if it was a, a late hit, he didn't even hit the turf yet, and he's looking for a flag. I mean... I just feel like the product is getting so bad, right? You have the guys on the sidelines throwing the fake flags. You have the teammates throwing the fake flags. I just feel like the sport has become where we're just looking for free 15-yard penalties. And I really feel like it's just ruining the product. And I just wanted to get your guys' take. Yeah, it's annoying. It's frustrating. There's no question about it. And late in the game, what are we all waiting for when a ball is thrown in the air? We're all waiting for a flag from somewhere. And I I will say, to to the NFL's credit, they're trying to limit that. They're trying to let the guys play a little bit. So if there's a little tug by a defensive back on a wide receiver, which is hard enough for the defensive back to cover the guy anyway, they may let it go. And I I, I think we saw that in the Kansas City-Miami game. But, yes, you are right. As a former quarterback, Tom Brady was the king of this. Get up and start screaming at the referee that he got a cheap shot. But I will say this. For a guy also, 
who got hit by Gio's favorite player, <laughs> dirty about five different times. Hall of Famer John Randall. Right. There, there is there is something to be said about some of the shots that we used to take, <clears throat> and they're trying to get those out of the game. So I uh, I understand it. I think everybody is now conditioned for it. Yeah, and that logic that the caller brought up doesn't exactly work where he says, oh, these rules aren't working. We don't know how many more injuries there would be if the rules were not as strict as they are with touching the quarterback. And I don't blame any player like Josh Allen or Tom Brady or whomever if they're going to be calling for flags or trying to influence an official because these games are so tight. There's so much money on the line, careers, coaches, jobs, everything. That if a 15-yard personal foul is going to put you into a Super Bowl and you can somehow influence an official into throwing that, I'm going to do it too. And that's what I'd want from my players. I will say Josh is getting a little bit of a reputation of being a flopper. Mm. You know, like he's getting hit and getting up. Like from his peers, you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's a a thing that's happening. There's no question about it. I don't think he really cares, but... Well, All yeah. he cares about is getting the yardage or getting the play back or getting the first down. And, you know, all these, most of these rules, and the one the one rule that I am glad that they are kind of emphasizing more is the illegal man downfield rule because these offensive linemen sometimes do cheat on the wide receiver screens and the, the screens themselves or the, the delay to the tight end over the middle. And these guys are three yards, four yards down the field. Yeah. I am glad that they actually are trying to hold the offense to that, um, which is a big thing. It is a huge thing. But as far as the roughing the passer and pass interference and defensive holding, I mean, it's a part of the game, and we've all become conditioned to see it and expect it. And, and uh, to that point, being conditioned to expect it, the NFL's in a tough place in the playoffs because for the entire season, they've been calling some of these roughing the passer penalties where you feel like they are ticky-tack. And now in the postseason, if they don't make one of those calls, if they do make it, they'll get criticized. If they don't make it, they'll get criticized because they'll say, hey, for the entire season, that was a penalty. Now all of a sudden in the AFC Championship game, it's not. Now, let me just tell you what's going on right now as we speak. Every game is being reviewed. Every game is being discussed. Every non-penalty that was called or was missed is being discussed. Every penalty that shouldn't have been called is being discussed. You know, they want the game to be as clean as they possibly can make it. They don't want to have influence on these games, uh, especially if it is a blatant wrong call. And that's one of the reasons why you have expedited replay. That's one of the reasons why... The New York office is very much involved in all of these games. And and it's also another reason why you have referees standing next to the head coaches on the sideline during the game to improve the communication process. Yeah, and it's never going to be perfect. And there's always going to be one fan base that's going to be upset with something. And there'll be a holding call or there'll be a roughing the passer or illegal contact on a third and 13. that gives an automatic first down in a a fourth quarter in a tie game. It's going to drive you absolutely nuts. I mean, all that stuff is still going to happen. You just don't want to feel like the wrong team wins a game because of it and we felt that way in several occasions in big moments well, in the, the last number the, of the years saints and the rams exactly which which was probably the biggest b- buffoon non-call in the history of the league yeah absolutely and it cost the team a trip to the super bowl yeah i mean there was other things that happened there we had talked about it but um yes that was obviously as bad as it gets and and it even influenced a horrible rule change for the next year with reviewing pass interference yes. calls that they had to just get they had to stop doing that because it was it was absolutely pathetic. 
Uh, all right, fifty seconds to go now. I'm telling you, it's getting it's getting tense. And the reason I bring it up is because you are locked in right now. Uh, forty seconds to go. New Zealand, USA, USA up one nothing in this women's field now, hockey. Do you think that they have extra time? I don't know if they have extra time like soccer or not because I haven't seen the clock stop at all. Oh, okay. It has stopped when they do those video reviews. Oh well, for the video review, it does. Okay. All right. So this is we're counting down, and we're going to be. Oh uh, man, you know there's going to be. I mean, if this were a Ranger game, this would be like the other team right in front of the net the whole last minute and a half. Do they pull the goalie, I wonder, in this situation for an extra attacker? I don't know. This American gal is really, I mean, dribbling. Oh, they do pull a goalie. Look at that. Empty net. And she took a slap shot and hit the girl in the head from New Zealand. That's what I was thinking had to happen. Oh, this is going to be it. We won. All right. There you go. We won. So we'll be preempted again later. When are we getting preempted again, Eddie? I believe Thursday. And if they win that, then Friday. Oh, wow. All right, hey, well, hey man, it's, I'm I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy for the for that. the women. Look at them going it is out there. all over. And uh, so there you go. You get a little post game, probably. A lot of crying going on too now for the yeah New for Zealand. New Zealand. A lot of crying. All right, so we'll, like uh, when when we used to play softball, you guys just do a lot of crying. I know it's a little tough on you guys. <laughs> you like Brian Dable. Mm, Only when the games were scheduled. Yeah, I was tough on you guys, and I I you know. Would tell you after the game that I appreciated your hustle, your attention to detail, and winning. Because that's what it was about, right, Al? Winning. Yes. All yeah, comes you, down to winning. Right. They yelled at us. You say, you guys are going to lose this game just like you lost the Sea View game. <laughs> well, that was because we had Dimitri at third base. He was a mess. Yeah. That was not good. And plus. That was totally his fault. Yeah. He was like, the, he was like you know, Wink Martindale losing the game for the Giants. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I also pulled my quad that game through the ball into left field. I had a little hand in that as well. I have to admit. Uh, all right. Well, you have a whole hand in just disbanding the entire team. Well, COVID, well, COVID did, and yes, I will take that uh, as a victory for me, as I made many people happy that that team went away and those responsibilities went away during. Made the week. many people unhappy too. Yeah, you and Vicky. That was it. <laughs> Everybody no, else. I, 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 I get asked for by the guys all the time. So you guys can play. All I right. get okay. You got We were on a bench anyway. <laughs> it's Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
Warren Geo on the fan, soon to be CBS Sports Network after they get out of the field hockey post game on this snowy Tuesday morning in New York. Boomer's complaining about loose ends. He's on the phone yelling at people. I mean, this is just, uh, it's turned south now. Everything you know is turned I, south. I, well, listen, I made a nice order for breakfast. I'm not going to uh, out the place that I ordered from, but I like ordering from there. They forgot one part of the order. And that's a little bit of annoying. So that's... And they'll make good. And they are going to try to make good, but... Trying to make well, good? Well, they will, but the problem is it's... You're eating now. Right, I'm eating now, and then part of the thing is not here, and, you know, it's loose ends. Again, loose ends. Loose ends. A lot of loose ends. Uh, all right, Jerry, what's going on over there, man? We are brought to you by Jack Pocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone. I heard you mention the uh, the Jason Kelsey retirement, apparently told his teammates, and certainly the video, too, from last night. It looked like he was someone who was emotional uh, as the Eagles lose to the Bucks, 32-9. to So I bring you back to a couple of... Uh, Oldies, but goodies, as they say. This was uh, after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and and he talked to the fans out in front of the Rocky statue, and it was all good, talking about uh, the the reputation that Philly has. Everybody wonders why we're so mean. Everybody wonders why the Philadelphia Eagles are, aren't the nicest fans. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm pissed off. So that was one. And then the other good one uh, was uh, we weren't given much of a chance, and yet here we are. No one wanted us. <laughs> no one liked this team. No analyst liked this team to win the Super Bowl, and nobody likes our fans. And you know what? You know what I got to say to all those people that doubted us, to all those people that counted us out, and to everybody who can say that we couldn't get it done? Fuck you. <laughs> And I then do remember on this. to the podcast world. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. That, was, that was on live yes. TV. Too. By the way, you know, his uh, his offensive coordinator was Frank Reich. I was pulling for them. Mm. That's right. Yes. Yep. And then he went and got, God, that was crazy, everything that happened after that, right? There was the Josh McDaniels, Colts thing. Yes. Frank went there, and oh, around God. and around we go. Around Wild and around stuff. and around. Uh, the, legal, the Eagles wound up losing 32-9. to nine. They had uh, a lot of protection problems on this night. Third down. Six dropping Hurts, dropping Hurts, Hurts is in press, trouble, in trouble in his own end zone. He's going to be sacked for a safety. Anthony Nelson did not give up and racked up Jalen Hurts for a safety. Gene Deckerhoff on oh, box <laughs> radio, yes. Uh, the Eagles looked off, there's no doubt. They didn't finish the season well, and it was noted by Troy Aikman as the uh, the clock was winding down. We've been watching that for six or seven weeks it's it's been continuous you know it's a it's a defeated team and they were when they came in a defeated team and we welcome cbs sports network and those of you who are viewing hope you enjoyed the field hockey victory over new zealand new zealand go usa USA. we've been uh we've been here talking sports in six o'clock and uh, we'll take you right up until 10 sorry jerry all good and so there was a lot of back and forth with the eagles at one point you had dallas goddard I don't want to say it looked like he was yelling at Jalen Hurts, but they certainly were having some sort of disagreement on the bench. You also had um, guys looking a little down, if you will. Well, Lane Johnson says you can't do that. You can never show negative emotions a little bit on the longer side of the clip. No sulking after bad plays. You go up and you go up to the line of scrimmage like nothing happened, like a robot. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think something that uh, needs to be addressed, you know, if things concern the next season, you don't want to give your opponents anything. I mean, they see that film, it, it, you know, um, sulking, bad body, all this stuff. You, know, you can't give your opponents anything. Well, yeah, all right, so here's the thing. It's funny. That's a player talking about 
body language yeah. and all this other stuff. When analysts talk about it, everybody gets crazed when you're talking about it, but it obviously is a real thing. And I think what he's talking about is his quarterback. Now, which is amazing to me because when Jalen got there and he got the job, remember he was a second round draft choice. Yeah. They gave him the job and he was busting his ass. He was running all over the place. He was competitive. That's not the Jalen that we that we've seen the last month of the season. Now it could be injuries. It could be we could find out that he's going to have surgery on his knee or something like that. I'm not really sure, but there is something completely off about him. And it's been like that for six weeks. Now. And I, and I think the players are. That's what they're alluding to. Yeah. And he just had the finger injury last week. He was dealing with other right. injuries prior to that. But yeah, I mean that uh, head coaching quarterback man. So it's interesting you bring that up, the head coach and the quarterback. So this was another, I wasn't going to play it, but since you guys mentioned it, another one from Seth Joyner uh, with Mike Missinelli on this Eagles show down in Philly talking about how uninspired Jalen Hurts looked mm. last night. And if Nick Sirianni can't get him to be inspired, then maybe... When your quarterback checked out with all the meeting that you do during the week with your offensive coordinator and the head coach and the quarterback coach and everybody else that's involved, you couldn't get him going, you're not the man for this job. And then there was one more. They just paid that man a quarter of a billion dollars. Do you think that if he doesn't want, if he doesn't believe in Nick Sirianni as the head coach, as the guy that can develop him and take him to the next level, do you think he's going to be here much longer? I would say to you, hell no. Wow. Gone. That's Seth, man. Yeah. That is Seth to a T. Very direct. Yes. Very direct. Um... On the other uh, side of things... Does that mean another job is open? I don't know, because I thought I saw... I, I forget who it was. I thought it was Schefter, maybe not. I thought someone said, regardless of how the game went last night, that Sirianni was coming back, but maybe not. I, I don't I don't know. I don't. There were a lot of rumblings this week. They do exit interviews and all that other stuff with the players, and who knows? Has there ever been a coach that took a team to a Super Bowl, won a championship, conference championship, and then the next season got fired? What did Doug Peterson get? Two more after the Super yes. Bowl? I don't know. That's a and great he, Peterson won it. Obviously, Sirianni did not. Right, but took him to a Super Bowl, and one year later, could be gone. Well, it just also shows you that the owner's not going to mess around, and neither is the GM. No, <laughs> obviously, and Howie Roseman's not going to mess around at all. Al said Jimmy Johnson, but he left more so than he wasn't fired. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there was issues with him and Jerry Jones. Right. We know the whole story. So but the big question is like it's like the Mike Tomlin in. Pittsburgh story right now. Does Mike Tomlin feel like because they haven't won playoff games that he's truly appreciated by the ownership of the of the Steelers? You know, I just wonder how he thinks, how he is viewed, and would he be viewed somewhere else, you know, a, a bit differently and for a lot more money. I think if another team got I know what Steeler fans think of Tomlin in a lot of cases, they've had enough of him. I think any other team gets them. I think the fan base is excited to get no, them. Of course. Is there any fan base other than the last fan base standing that is happy with their coaches? Yeah. I mean, I think like D'Amico Ryan's, regardless of what happens in the Ravens game, is going to be it's a good one. They're gonna love him. All right, how about Zach Taylor? I love Zach Taylor. I think he and Joe Burrow together are great. Yeah, you know, there's you know they when Joe Burrow gets hurt and they lose. Although this year with Jake Browning, it showed that he can actually win with a backup quarterback. I think Sean McVay, you know, to get that Kyle team, Shanahan? they weren't. Yeah, but I mean Shanahan's got they got to win the Super Bowl this year. Have to. If Dan Campbell loses the championship game, yeah, they'd still love him. 
They can't lose this week, though, to the Bucs. No. That, that they be, can't do. That would be miserable. What about Todd Bowles? I think they're happy with him to a certain degree. Mike McDaniel, they're still happy with him? No, I don't think so, Mm-mm. actually. I don't think so. I don't so. think so either. And that is a shame to say because I absolutely love the guy, but I think they... Oh, he's when, going when, anywhere, though. When did this happen? I mean, you saw them completely fall apart, right? I mean, they were playing in, you know... I mean, they got but hurt. But prior to that, How too. many injuries did they have, Eddie? Oh, that doesn't mean the... Like op- yeah, but the offense... Seven or eight starters? Yeah, on defense... But, and I understand that Waddle and Most are out a couple of games there, but at the same time. And Waddle, and they had some old line issues. Right, and I actually thought their defense played valiantly. Are we making injury excuses now? (laughs) Yeah. No excuses. Yeah. Don't look at me. You're a next man up guy. I'm always a next man up guy. No, I'm leaning on the excuses, 100%. I don't think they should fire him. I think they should keep him. I I love the guy. He's going anywhere. I just think that the fan base, like, was like, how the hell did this happen? Right. We were which, riding high. Which, which disintegration was worse, the Dolphins or the Eagles? Eagles. I think the Eagles were. But I also go back to the Dolphins. One specific game, the Titan game, where they were up by 13 and ended up losing. They would have. Would they have clinched the two seed if they won that game? I think, no. No, they still had to beat the Ravens. Yeah. Okay. But they would have won the division. Yes. Got it. And they would then have, they have been home. home and they would not have yes. had to have gone to Kansas City. Big difference. Big difference for that team, yes. All right, since you were talking about Tomlin, uh, here he is. The uh, The Bills beat the Steelers 31-17. He says, yeah, we might have played hard, but still not enough. You know, I appreciate the efforts of our guys in there. I just told them that, um, but efforts don't get it done. No, they don't. Uh, Cam Hayward, uh, now we'll do Mason Rudolph first, talks about the way Buffalo played defensively. We knew they were, they were a tough, tough defensive front, and it uh, wasn't going to be an easy job. But like I said, when you're hitting... Some more balls on the outside, like I, like I and we weren't. Um, it makes it a little more easier to keep them off balance. Now, on the other side of things, we've played this Josh Allen touchdown run from a couple of different uh, places. This one is Westwood one. This is Tom McCarthy as he's rumbling and bumbling for a score. Allen takes the snap. Now he'll keep it himself, running to his left. He runs inside the numbers, gets to the 40, cuts to his left to the 30. 25, 20, big man inside the 15. Sidelines inside the 5, touchdown, Bills. Just went right through the guy. Josh Allen. 52-yard scamper. Mm, yeah, that was part of the win. Put them up 21 to nothing, and they would win 31-17. Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, and Khalil Shakir with touchdown catches for the Bills who do advance. So here is your lineup for the weekend. On Saturday, Ravens-Texans from Baltimore. Then in Santa Clara Saturday night, you've got the Niners and the Packers. The Bucks will be at Ford Field at 3 o'clock Sunday. Bills and Chiefs from Orchard Park, 6.30 p.m. Bill Belichick did meet with the Falcons. Jim Harbaugh interviewed with the Chargers. Do we know if that was an in-person meeting with Bill or a Zoom no, meeting? I believe it I was in person. I believe it was. Now, let me ask you a question. Bill Belichick comes sitting into your office and you're Arthur Blank. I mean, like, what are you interviewing? Are you just saying, you know, how much? I think I put a check on the table and say, fill it out. <clears throat> There's things you got to know, though. Uh, what's the deal with the GM? Who what's can you work with? The you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> can you work with Rich McKay, the CEO? Like, there's there are questions. You're not interviewing him like, oh, I wonder if this guy can coach, but you need to know about what he plans to do I and who he can work like with. Belichick interviews them as much as they interview him. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Like, do, you think way more questions. do you think there's any interview Belichick, Harbaugh, or Vrabel go into where they don't think the job is theirs? Meaning, like, 
Belichick can't go to an interview thinking I'm interviewing for the job. I'm kind of interviewing to see if I want the job. I mean, but if you're going in for an interview, you got to be respectful. You got to oh, sit down that. with the owner and you got to recognize that it's his team. And, you know, if you want to get back into coaching, like obviously he does, then you got to try to impress the coach or the owner that you can recreate what you did in New England. Fair enough. I think uh, it's also different, too, with Harbaugh because Harbaugh is a he's a wacky kind of guy, <laughs> you know, so I don't think he walks in anywhere and everybody's just handing him the keys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's got a mesh. His personality's got a mesh with the people that are there. That one, I think, is different than Vrabel and Belichick. Fair enough. In Dallas, one more from Jordan Lewis, the Cowboys' um, well, soon-to-be free agent defensive back. He was with the media on his way out the door yesterday. He was asked the question, do you think Mike McCarthy should be back as head coach next year? Look what happened when he wasn't here. I mean, we were we were struggling to be over 500. I mean, he had three three straight seasons of 12 win. Yeah, I mean, I, I will hope so. I would hope so, is what he said there at the end. So we shall see. I imagine, what do you think, today, right? You should it was a amazing. Do you remember when the Jets wanted Mike? I had a lot of Jet fans wanted Mike McCarthy. Yep. Right? Yeah. And look what he's done in Dallas. It's been great. Uh, it hasn't gotten over the hump, no question about it. So all Dallas fans are pissed off. So somebody has to feel the wrath. Him yeah, and, I mean, him this, and was, this was, this you was, were embarrassing. A, you were a 10 point favor, weren't you? Something seven, like that? Yeah, it was a touchdown favorite. You got your asses kicked yeah. in your building. And, and they what, looked unprepared. Yeah, but what was the defense doing? All right. Well, that's part of it. Right. Dan Quinn, they were missing looked unprepared. They were, see, but the problem is they were missing Leighton Vanderesh. They didn't really have a middle linebacker. Yeah, they were playing a lot of times with six DBs on the field and they got the ball running right down their throat. Mm-hmm. Leighton Vanderesh got hurt in October. <clears throat> I know, but they were unable to. Replace him. It was kind of like the way the Bills lost Matt Milano, and they but, had to just—they had to finally stabilize the defense in some way, shape, or form. And for for the most part, they did that. As long as Josh wasn't turning the ball over, they were going to win because they were good enough on offense. No argument on any, any of that. What's the answer for guys running free like they were on the field themselves numerous times? Blown coverages, baby. Well, Blown then that's coverages. on the that's on the coaches. That no? is on the well. Of course, it's on the defense coordinator. And you know what? Maybe Matt Lafleur just had the perfect game plan, and they executed it almost flawlessly. And Jordan Love had the best game of his career. Maybe Knicks Not beat maybe. the Magic. He did. Knicks beat the Magic ninety eight ninety four. Uh, Pablo Boncaro had 20 points. Nets fell to the Heat 96 to 95. Uh, what else? You got same. Oh, uh, St. John Seton Hall at the Prudential Center coming up later tonight. UConn for the first time, I think, in 15 years, the number one team in the country. The Bruins shut out the Devils 3 zip, wild over the Islanders 5 0. Isles and Jets tonight in Winnipeg, and the Rangers are home for Seattle. Danny Hurley's birthday today, too, by the way. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Norman and Geo coming to you live for the Build Ford Tough Studio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours... 
the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hi, Boomer and Geo on the fan in CBS Sports Network. I thought of Al yesterday when I saw this story of Hulk Hogan rescuing a teenage girl out of a car that flipped over. Now, the reason why I thought of Al was for a couple of reasons. One, he's a wrestling guy. And I could just imagine, like, if you're flipped over in a car and the first person you see helping you is Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Ow! You would have thought you were dead, I think. You'd be like, I, I died. Like, this is not happening. This is Hulk Hogan that is pulling me out of this car. But the real reason I thought of Al was because Hulk Hogan's wife went to X to make sure everybody knew that Hulk Hogan had done this. So I feel like if Al had rescued a teenage girl in a car that had flipped over and punched the airbags and pulled her out of the window, that he would have had his girlfriend Gina tweet out, man, what an amazing man that I am with who helped this teenage girl in this flipped-over car. And just amazing stuff. As she she put out there on X, <clears throat> she goes, Last night we left dinner in Tampa. We saw a car flip in front of us. I truly admire my husband, at Hulk Hogan, and our good buddy Jake Rask for springing into action, puncturing the girl's airbag, and getting her quickly out of the car. And you would definitely want credit for that if nobody saw that it was you, right? Absolutely. In fact, about... Three or four weeks ago, I found a credit card while walking whimsy, but I found it in Gina's town, and she knew someone who knew the person. Okay. So she texts the person, I, fa- I found your credit card. I said, eh, I actually found the credit card. You know what I mean? Like, Come on. You didn't find the credit card? Yeah. Give me a little credit, some credit yeah. here. Yeah, you found it. You could have done anything with it. You could have gone on a shopping spree yeah. or sold it to a criminal or something. Yeah. But no, you did not. I did not. But yeah, the Hulk Hogan thing, I would definitely, if I helped somebody out of a accident. No, I could funny. see you doing a selfie video. Right. Here so I am. Hey, here I am. <laughs> just help this young woman out of this car. And I just wanna, want you to know that it's always nice to do something good for somebody else and, and to be a hero when you need to be. Yeah, what's funny, too, is he um, just came from dinner, as you said in the story. He's wearing an NWO t-shirt. <laughs> Which means he went to dinner in an NWO t-shirt. <laughs> That's I mean, great. I'm sorry. If I am in a horrible car accident and I rolled over and in Hulk Hogan in an NWO t-shirt rips me out of the car, I would have been like, all right, this is what death is. I'm in the afterlife now. There's no way this is happening. You know, I will say that we know that you would make a big deal out of it, Al, only because of what happened with the dogs that were fighting. Yeah. You called 911. I would have called 911 and then looked to see if I could help. You know what? Back to like taking credit for things. It reminds me of this this thing in that uh, documentary I was telling you about, Chowchilla. So the fourteen year old kid is the one who digs him out of this underground box that they're in. All right, okay. he was on the bus. He went up there, dug him out, pushed the thing up, did everything. 
But when they got out, everybody assumed it was the bus driver who was like 50 years old. And the bus driver never said it wasn't him that did it and took the credit. And that kid was like devastated, absolutely devastated that they gave a parade for the bus driver and everything. And he was like, but like he didn't want to say anything because he just felt awkward and he was still a young man and wasn't like, hey, I'm the one who saved us. He was like, it wasn't about that. It was about us getting out and being alive. But now he is saying it in the documentary. Yes. And yeah. there's one of the other children that, that is the bus is the bus driver still. alive? No, no, no. He was older and has passed away okay. since. But and there was one guy, younger kid who was on the bus that met with him and said, you are my hero. You're the guy who did it. And I've told everybody that I can that it was you. And that made him feel better. But. Yeah, I totally screwed him up. He's like, I want credit for this, man. I got us out, not him. How big was the parade? I mean, it was big. It was huge. It was a huge news story. I mean, it was like, it, it and, looked and, and like the, a, like a um, you know, when a team, a, a high school football team wins a championship, yes, might have a parade yeah, yep. in their small town. That's sort of what it was like. And the bus driver took credit for being the hero. Well, all right. They, the media assumed that it was but he's got to step the up the bus say, driver no, and he me. never denied that he never was like no it wasn't me he was just like oh yeah i mean he helped a little bit but it was this kid who squeezed up into this this small box and dug out he was the without him because the bus driver couldn't fit in there without that 14 year old kid who knows there might still be down and it might be dead and the bus driver was like yeah you know thank you appreciate that <laughs> thanks wave at everybody yeah, wow and that really screwed that kid up yeah, I mean, I understand. Like, what, you think it says on his headstone, "Hero"? <laughs> I don't know. I think you'd have to redo the, the headstone and the whole thing. Yeah, maybe depending on what it says on there. I mean, listen, he did help in the sense of like keeping the kids calm, and he was helping with ideas to try to get out. But there was he would not have been able to do what the fourteen-year-old kid did, and did, he did was he the he one. Advi- well, we don't know. We don't know if he advised the fourteen-year-old. Well, kid no, they were working can... together. The two yeah, of them yeah, were working okay, together. Okay. But like they, the everybody, nobody mentioned so the fourteen-year-old. The parade should have been for both of them. Yeah, nobody, oh, that's, nobody that's... mentioned the fourteen-year-old. It was all the bus driver that got him out. And how Meet is your neighborhood hero, Al Dukes? <laughs> See, exactly. Al Dukes. Al Dukes. Al Dukes. Uh, <laughs> and he wanted to tell News Twelve New Jersey all about it. And he wanted to. T- that's right. You did contact them. Did you not? No, no. Uh, the woman who was the reporter, her dad's a listener to the show and oh. said to her, this could be a big story because I was on the air wanting to be a hero. <laughs> <laughs> CBS Sports Network now showing it. Yep. Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, that was so good. You know, it's funny. For I, I, I forgot that you weren't wearing glasses for many years. That I was working with you. Now I'm so used to you with the glasses now. And when I yeah. see this, I'm like, you look like a totally different person. Uh, there's Al Dukes on NJ tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's this guy. Remember him? <laughs> that was the guy with the dogs. Right? No, no. That was the guy who was also watching, right? He came He came running out and actually got involved and helped. That's right. You didn't. They're a local didn't. heroes. Oh, yeah. WFAN producer and Madawan resident Al Dukes calls himself the latter. <laughs> if they had a parade, he said he wanted a key to the city and Al Duke's day in Matawan and to be hailed a hero specifically here on News 12 New Jersey. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Good for that reporter for, for, for understanding yeah. and, and playing along in that way. They did an amazing job with that. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>